Because you're going to school with dry ankles. You're going to school with dry lips, but you're tweeting about Rihanna putting a fucking video in a fucking thing. We still. Hello, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let the Stands. You are here today with your host, Ease McKenzie, and Nicholas Terrell, and Chopin. And it has been a busy week um, in music and in life. Um, a lot has been going on lately. How are you guys doing? Um, I'm good, thank you. Uh, once again, a very busy week in terms of work, in terms of outside of work. It was really cool. Um, loads of music releases, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty decent week, quite chilled, quite calm. What about you, Shops? I'm good. Um, for me, it's been all right. I, I, I hope you can't hear I'm ill. Um, I've been suffering with some kind of flu thing that's been going around, I think, the UK. Um, so yeah, I've been suffering it for a while now, but hopefully it should be gone soon. But other than that, therapy went all right. Um, week's been quite busy. We're back. Um, I know we're not going to talk about it today, so I'll just say it's great to hear that Cashtastic is finally back in the UK after getting deported, I think, like 10 years ago or something like that. Um, he recently released a um, daily duppy on GRM um, Daily. So definitely check that out if you can. And it's just great to hear that he's back. Hopefully he'll do something to commemorate the people that were sent back because of Windrush. Um, so yeah, that's great to hear. And also, we're not going to mention the T-Pain situation, but um, T-Pain recently tried to have a concert and it didn't sell out um, and he had to cancel the concert. But uh, we j I just wanted to acknowledge that. Cool. Oh, also, Little Nas X is the fastest reaching diamond uh, artist. Uh, so he will be honoured in 2020 for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. So he's, actually been quite, year. he's actually been quite silent, so I haven't heard anything from him. He's working, definitely. But any other than that, um, I think Halloween is the day after this. So happy Halloween in advance. We won't be able to say that. But let's just start with the episode. So Shope, do your thing. As usual, we are going to go through what we have been listening to for the last week. Firstly, I have so I have an album and two songs. So firstly, I have Mareba's The Jungle Was The Only Way Out. If you remember, I did speak about her extremely briefly two or three weeks ago. And I mentioned her song Stay True. This week, I've actually finally given her album some proper proper time and yeah it's a really good project i kind of just want to talk about my story i guess into listings of the project so initially a colleague of mine sent me her colors stay true and for a good couple of months that's all i knew of her i listened to that song this is that video it was really good love that song probably one of my favorite songs of the year and then she was on Dreamville's album. She was on Rhapsody's album this year. So, like, I had seen the name. I was like, okay, cool. And then um, a friend of mine told me a while ago also that I should check her album. But I was like, you know what? Let me finally listen to the album. I just want to say that I think it's really an underrated um, process to actually give an album time. I know it's so hard nowadays. We have a thousand albums dropping a week now. But I feel like this is an album that really needs 
time. It's definitely not an instant. In my opinion, it's not instant. It's a grower, and I kind of feel that now that I've spent more time with it over the last few last week, it, like it really honestly gets better with every lesson. So, yeah. So she's an Ethiopian American artist. She um is part of um a loose collective called Spillage Village um from Atlanta. This also comprises Earth Gang, GID, and Black Six Lack, whatever. Um. Yeah, so, like, this album, like, is very rooted in, like, alternative R&B. It's very subdued, very laid back. But it also does, like, borrow from other genres. So, like, there's elements of folk music and country music, blues music. And in some ways, it kind of reminds me of, like... Cause even though, like, it's, like, decidedly an R&B album, alternative R&B album. But, like, I do feel like there's elements of, like, Joni Mitchell and Nora Jones... But also, like, um, there's even other elements of, like, East African choral singing, Asian Eastern influences, Negro spirituals and the way she um, produces her background vocals and how kind of the unorthodox song structures of the album. And I also love the um, the lyrics and the way she writes her songs. I think she's a very great writer. She's also a rapper, too. So, yeah, she's a singer, writer, producer, rapper, poet, and she produced the entire album. So, like, she's really involved and a lot of the, the songs we speak about like resilience and <clears throat> oppression, fulfillment, satisfaction boy, that, with life. Oppression hit you hard, boy. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, like so fulfillment, satisfaction with life, uh, self reflection. So like it just like this she really drops some gems on this album too. There's actually three spoken word interludes and speaks a lot about kind of and also like this whole idea about dodging the devils a kind of how we as humans try to essentially try and avoid the inevitable difficulties and hardships that come with our lives and she's kind of basically speaking that you kind of have to just take it as it comes because it's the only way you're gonna cliche but you know only way you're gonna you know get stronger and become a more developed person and whatnot so like overall it's like as a comprehensive perspective, like it's a really good project. So my favorite songs from that album are, let me just find the track listing. Um, so Black Truck, um, Heat Wave featuring Black, um, My One, Stay True, which I've mentioned a few times. And probably my favorite song on here is Sandstorm featuring J.I.D. Like I really think that is such a, the way it, it really constructs the, the two perspectives of a relationship gone sour and kind of like having to kind of make sure you keep hold of yourself and your own perspective in a relationship and knowing when it's time to leave that, but also being able to have closure and, you know, understand why things didn't work out. So honestly, like, like I said before, I know we are in a time where there's too many albums coming out, but if you do decide to listen to this over the next week, I would advise you would give this like your whole whole attention like don't try and listen to this with four other albums at a time like this is an album where i feel like you need to live with it and listen to it in different circumstances so i listened to this in the shower on the way to work when i was working on the train um before i go to bed like it's really that kind of album and i do think that with enough time i think everyone will see that this is really a beautiful um, magical album so yeah that's Mareba. i've been to some 90s British R&B. So I did mention, I did tweet from our account, Eternal, for our Black History Spotlight. And um, yes, as I said on that post, they were a British R&B group um, who were active in the 90s. And I'm um, a very successful group at that. And like they paved the way for a lot of R&B groups we would later have in Britain. So I have been listening to the song that I put, Power of a Woman. I think it's just a really great 
fun up tempo track i think it's really well written i really and shout out to um the guy who commented on that post who said that the lead singer esther bennett is very underrated because it's one thing when you listen to songs as you're younger I'm like oh this is a great song whatever even though it's not my generation but like i grew up watching like the box and kiss and short show tv so i see all their videos and i knew that she could sing but as i get older like i really like really like deep like she was a really phenomenal singer i don't know we should compare to americans but she is like an american standard level of good singing she was a great singer and i think it's a shame that she, that's not really discussed as much when we look back at the great singers that have come from this country but we know that's the unfortunate tale of many black british artists from the 80s and the 90s but um yeah, so great song, great group. The key change at the end is is amazing. So yeah, Eternal. And if to our American fans who haven't heard of an Eternal, which probably haven't, they actually were the first British group, sorry, the first British girl group to have a top 10 single on the US charts with Stay. So this was before the Mighty Spice Girls took over the world towards the end of the decade. And um, yeah, so Eternal, I would call them like, they were RSWV, they were RN Vogue. So lastly, we have Beverly Knight. I have no idea why, but this song just came to my life and spirit. This is, um, so it's, the song's called Rewind to Find A Way. This is from her second album, Prodigal Sister, from 1998. This is one of my favorite Beverly Knight songs. I just love how smooth it is. I just love that. I just love the elements. I just love that production from 97 to 9. I just love that production. It was very much like a Devontae swing kind of song. So I don't really know what to say. It's just a really cool song, you know. Beverly Knight is undoubtedly the queen of British soul, and um, we need to give more respect to Beverly Knight. She is um, a landmark in our in our history as Black British artists. So, if you want to find a way, and check out the album while you can. Prodigal Sister is an amazing album. So yeah, those are my listens. Eden, Nick. All right, so I'll go next. Um, and apologies if my voice just breaks or something. But um, so first, I'm going to start with Hope Tyler. So Hope Tyler is someone who's from London. Um, and I recently came across her music from the song DTM, which stands for Don't Tell Me. It's a breakup song um, and it is very haunting. Um, a lot of the vocals in it are very haunting. And I was, I was watching, I think it was an interview or I read it somewhere where she said that her music is inspired by um, literature, but also her love for music as well. And if you listen to some of the lyrics, it is quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Novelistic in a way. Um, and I just find her music very beautiful. Um, in terms of songs that I would recommend, I would say start with Don't Tell Me and then you will kind of figure out her sound from there. Um, but I would really recommend her music and hopefully she does, has a concert or something soon because I'll definitely go. Um, after that, I've got someone called Elaine. So Elaine is an R&B artist from South Africa. Um, her, late, her first project, I think, is called Elements. Um, I think it's her first project. It's definitely called Elements, sorry. Um, and I found her her sound was very similar to, um, and don't bite my head off for this, her and um, LMA. Like, there's, it's like a blend between the both of them when I listen to the music. Um, I would say LMA because of her, her enunciation, but her more for her tone. And um, I just love her music. I This project came to me randomly. I can't remember how I found it, but I just started listening to it. I think it was from... Spotify's recommendations or something like that, but I just really enjoyed it. And it's one of those R&B artists that like have trap soul elements to it as well. So you can hear the trap soul um, inspiration on this. And yeah, um, that's really what I have to say about that. Lastly, someone dropped. I know these two probably won't know, but um, so yeah, Coldplay dropped. 
know. Yeah, I've oh, played you know. some of the songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. Wait, are you guys Coldplay fans? I can't remember. I I'm used to listen to fan. Take That Coldplay back in, like, college. Did you say or... Take That? Yeah, like, That's back cool. in the day, like, you know, UK Ta- boy bands. Oh, okay. You know. I wouldn't call Coldplay a boy band. They are, though. They are. They're a band. Okay, they're a band. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, we're doing this again. There's, there is a four, there's a boy band that's, like... That's actually it's own. But you knew okay, what he meant. You know what I meant. Exactly. Yes. You Boys. Meant. No, this is for Eden, not for you. But he's Eden. the one who said it. No, but you're now questioning me. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Coldplay. Coldplay <laughs> Let's get to it. All right, so they released two songs. One's called um, Orphans. The other one's called Arabesque. I like Orphans. Oh, Arabesque. Yeah, I don't like Arabesque. Um, I do like Orphans. I'm really enjoying it. And hopefully this is an insight to the type of music they're going to release for their next project, mm. which release on the 22nd of November. Um, and what is it called again? What's the actual project called? I know they have an album coming out, but... Yeah, I can't remember the name of the project. And I think the album cover is um, one of the bandmates' parents' is bands or something Everyday like that. Everyday Life. Yeah, the, so the project's called Everyday Life. comes out on November 22nd. So I'm really looking forward to that. If you didn't know, I'm a huge Coldplay fan. If there's if they ever announce a tour and I'm not at it, I'm going to be the angriest person in the mean world. If? I think it's a double album. Oh, really? It looks like it's a double one. And I, I say if because I feel like... I don't know. Any, I mean this year. So like, if yeah. they release a tour this year, I want to be there. Um, oh, we don't like concerts. I will go to a Coldplay concert. Okay. I will go to a Coldplay <laughs> concert. Um, because I feel like they're retiring soon. I feel like this will probably be their last al- album. This, Why do you say that? This is their, I think, ninth album. And the time between that they re- actually release new music is getting longer and longer now. And usually that's a sign that the artist is signing off. And I feel like they don't, they don't really have anything more to do. Um, they could literally stop making music now and just perform their old catalogue for the yeah. rest of time. So I, I I don't want it to happen, but I feel like this may be the last Coldplay album that we get. Um, yeah, I'm actually surprised. I didn't know you guys like Coldplay. We should talk about that more. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, those are my listens. So we got Hope Tyler, um, Elaine from South <clears throat> Africa, and Coldplay. Um. Oh God, guys! Like there has been a lot to that's just released in my world. Um. So. Oh. Okay. In the next couple of weeks, I'll give you. Well, next week's our last episode. Um. I'll give you a review of Rex Orange County's album. Um. I'll give you a review more of Jordan Stevens' EP, which is one of the Rizzle Kicks. I'll give you Guap Dad Four Thousands album, and I'll give you a bit of Galant next week. But um, this week uh. Wait, Jordan's the singer, right, from Rizzle Kicks? Yes. He drops an album by himself? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. he music for a while. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, this is his first solo EP, though. Um, What's his name? Jordan what? Jordan Stevens. Okay. It's called Pig. P.I.G. Oh, it's about romance, love, all that kind of stuff. It sounds good. For Wait, the Jordan Stevens is the rapper. He's not the singer. There's vocals in this project. No, I meant in Rizzle Kicks is he the singer or the rapper? Oh, sorry. Okay, cool. He can sing and rap, but yeah, sorry. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. but um, there's definitely vocals in this this joint. But um, it's good. It's good from first listen. But I don't want to give a comprehensive review just yet because music is a lot right now and I don't feel like I've listened to it enough to get that kind of sense of what I like and dislike. Um, But yes, first one is from a R&B, alternative R&B singer called XO. He's a British Asian um and the song is called less than lovers i think it was premiered on dj aces show his r&b show on bbc one extra um so yeah the song is great like me and him have spoken before like where he he actually comes to me for advice on his songs and stuff like that which is really interesting 
but he's just a really good singer like in terms of he's not the he doesn't have the most fullest voice like in the industry but i think he really does softly tinge music quite well and i think he knows what his sound is and he knows what producers to kind of work with on on his sound so i think this song less than love is is gearing up uh to release an ep next year so this kind of sets the way for it he's released a visual to it as well this it's gonna sound so stereotypical just because he's asian but he does give me like a justin timberlake zayn malik kind of feel like and he's definitely told me he's been compared to him before he said who do who he asked me a question who do you think i sound like on this song a couple weeks ago and i was like well, I'm not going to lie, Zayn, and I hate it because you guys look really similar. But he was like, no, I've got that all my career and it's literally not a, just from people who listen to me who aren't producers or anything. Producers tell me this all the time. He's actually done a bit of industry stuff. He's done some background vocals for Zayn. He's actually um, done, I think, demos for Zayn as well. So like, there's definitely a relationship there. So at least I wasn't stereotyping. But this song, Less Than Lovers, obviously getting cold, winter, those romance songs, it's talking about relationship problems, how he didn't view a relationship as, more, as, as much as it was to the girl uh, in, in this perspective. And I think, you know, I think he just provides that perfect middle ground of what a... Um, as Zayn Malik would have offered uh, in the UK if he was like releasing music. Well, he is still releasing music, but more successful as well. So I think, yeah, I want EXO to do quite well. He's on, he's doing the independent thing. He's getting a lot of coverage right now. He's trying to build his profile a bit. So yeah, I definitely thought put this song on. It definitely is something I've been repeating since he first played me the demo version. Um, and yeah, now it's finally released. It's on RM Brit's platform. They um kind of did a piece on it as well. Um, and you might see something on Guap next week about it as well. So yeah, that is XO. Um, I, I didn't, I kind of expected this to come up, but it didn't. But we tweeted about it or whatever. Tanache came back this I week. I love this song. With Die A Little Bit featuring Miss Banks. And she definitely came back with a bang. And I'm happy to see her trend on both sides of the Atlantic and trend for quite a lot of the day that it was released i think it was was it thursday i think it was that yeah it was thursday because yesterday was all the other releases yeah so she got the visual premiere she got the kind of song premiere as well miss bank shared it of course she was on the track i really like what they did to the their voices in terms of distortion and everything i think tanache dabbling with dubstep a little bit was great i really like Tanache's experimentation with music. She's not afraid to be a renegade in this industry. And if you actually listen to her albums and all her projects beyond the singles that were poorly released Aside by her from label, Joyride. um well, to you. Um, I think <laughs> that she's always been experiment experimental and always been an artist that pushes the boundaries and pushes her artistic expression, both in her dancing and both in her, her, her kind of sonic progression. So I think she definitely does a lot in this video and she shows me that she's a very dynamic dancer, not that we didn't know this already, but she really, she, oh, she just made me really proud to be honest. Like she made me so proud that she created a buzz on her own. I as i said before i love the dubstep influence i love the alternative sounds i love miss banks on the record i love that miss banks is pushing herself and challenging herself now i love that yeah miss banks sounded different on this record as well i love how both of their dancing styles complemented each other as well in terms of miss banks kind of just flowed with the music and tanache kind of really went for it in an aggressive way um and really did a kind of showdown throughout the video like didn't stop was relentless in her, her kind of abilities to do that 
Um, it's yeah, it's just really interesting. I cannot wait for songs for you. I cannot wait until what she does with this project. And I really, really hope that she gets continued visibility because she not only deserves it, but she's fucking worked hard for this over the years. And she's been one of those artists that have been around for damn near a decade now and even longer in terms of other stuff as well. So in terms of TV and all that kind of jazz. So yeah, Tanache, I think independency suits her right now, actually. Like she's actually proven to me with this song and visual that she can do it and she, she's organized herself in the right way to deliver such a packaged delivery for for what's to come obviously we know with the graphic design we can we can work on that but um in terms of um yeah the song i'm really excited for the project and i'm really excited to hear what else she's experimenting on sonically throughout this new project songs for you which should be due in the next few weeks to months so exciting for tanache i'm excited for miss banks actually to do a transatlantic feature as well um and yeah, man, they're both getting, they're, they're starting to get, you know, the love that they, they deserve, to be honest. And I saw a lot of people from critics to just general people who actually didn't like Tanache on a label actually intrigued with this and loving the single. So yeah, I'm happy for Tanache, man. And I really, I really hope that she is able to break through as an independent, obviously not be a highbrow artist. It's a bit hard for that, but just be an artist in the mix, you know, kind of like as in what an Azalea Banks would be if she she got her act together, that that kind of thing. But yeah, Tanache man, proud of you. Hope you get booked for festivals next year because you deserve to do that song live and kill it and show some of these pop artists how to really do it and really hone in on your sound and who you are. So yeah, Tanache, love it. Love to see it. Oh, Victoria Monet asked like that as well. She released this song this week. And um, yeah, it's Victoria. Yeah, I've always been, I actually tweeted the day before, which was so weird that um, she was underrated. As I've said before, um, as other people have agreed with me with, um, obviously, as you know, she's done a lot of work in the industry as a songwriter. She does work with Ari, best friends with Ari, as you know, they released, their collaboration earlier this year which wasn't really great not gonna lie but um in terms of victoria she's extremely talented as a vocalist as a dancer she reminds me of maya in her dancing style to be honest um and she's released countless amounts of projects which have fallen on deaf ears unfortunately but um this song asked like that i not only I, like the promotion of it i just love the song like it's a really laid back relaxed vocal um style for her she kind of um she do you know what she reminded me um of i was telling yvette from um the grapevine this but she reminds me of um mary j blige on a part of the song um i'm trying to find what the song is called because i'm an idiot um everything there was a bit um that reminded me of um the bit where mary goes you're my everything like that kind of um style of singing Victoria kind of did a, a line in there that just really reminded me of that. And it kind of took me back to Mary J. Blige's um, discography, actually listening to that. But yeah, I really like the song. I really like how it it didn't sound like super raunchy or anything. I just, I like the lyric the lyrics on the song. I like how Victoria played with the, the kind of lyrical play there. And I think she's extremely talented. I really do. Um, this this was the week of real, really talented artists releasing music, actually, and underrated artists releasing music. So, yeah, Tanache, Victoria, Monet, XO are my suggestions for the week or what I've been listening to. And, yeah, that's it. I see Shopo with his hand up, so he wants to say something. I'm assuming about Tanache. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just want to add on to a point that for those of you who are, if this is your first time seeing Tinashe as an independent artist, I would just like to tell you that 
before she got signed and was ultimately steered in many wrong directions. She was an incredible independent artist before she got signed. And I'd like to direct you to the songs and the videos from her mixtapes in case we die reverie black war those were great projects with had that had great visuals and she really knew how to steer her own ship even back then but she obviously trusted the wrong people obviously she was naive she thought being signed would you know give her the wings that she obviously deserved but yes yeah, to make that clear that if you're loving this song that's great but she was a great independent artist before this do your research go back it was there and also last let's say yesterday was an amazing time to be an r&b fan Jojo dropped an amazing new single called Sabotage. Luke James dropped a great <coughs> song with BJ the Chicago Kid and Ro James. I hope Luke James is finally going to give me an album. Finally, I hope. And also Tank and Galant released me, um, albums yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday was a very good t- day to be an R&B fan like me. But that's all I have to say. Yeah, so it was a really good week for music. Um, One, <laughs> sorry guys, one more um that I want to kind of give uh, visual wise. Um, Doja Cat actually tweeted this about this artist called um, Ash Nico. And she released the song, well, she released the EP ages ago, actually, which Eden's brother actually likes. Um, but yeah, she released the song with young baby Tate um, called Stupid three days ago. And it's so visually amazing. Like I think she's super creative and she's definitely an artist in the, she's a female rapper, but like the woman in kind of the rap space who, pushes the envelope and I think you know creativity needs to come back into the industry on a mainstream level and I think she has the chops to do it so yeah I think she signed uh covertly under Warner Music but uh, one of the subsidiaries so yeah I hope she does well and um young baby Tate is getting better and better with every project and features he's on but yes that's it guys too many suggestions for you guys I know you're probably drowned out but we'll go into some news this week guys this has been the season of lizzo amina we're gonna end it up finally but i do somehow think there will be something else to this story maybe not in mina's capacity of course because y'all won you know but um (laughs) but um we'll see what happens for the other alleged writers who were meant to be on true facts but yes let's give you a little update this one comes from the independent so Mina is obviously receiving credit from the source itself in the form of Lizzo now for her meme um, and her tweet, which influenced loads of memes as well. So um, British singer, because she's a singer as well, great voice actually, I was in the studio with her a couple months ago. Um, she's received a writing credit on Lizzo's song Truth Hurts after tweeting one of its iconic lines back in 2017. Again, I'm going to yawn before saying this lyric just because it's been on Art of Seasons agenda so many times. I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that bitch. <laughs> like, it's just so... I feel like I'm going to dream about this line. Like, I need a credit. I need a credit. Anyway, no, I'm joking. But yeah, um, <laughs> so it's enjoyed seven weeks at the top of the Billboard Top 100 chart. Hello, Iggy. Um, And yeah, it's become a meme on social media since the song's release. Obviously, it's reinvigorated a buzz in terms of that specific lyric as well, with Lizzo using that lyric to make several trends um, to promote the song. So um, Lizzo subsequently made some moves to trademark it um, a couple months ago, but was met with multiple accusations of plagiarism. One, of course, from Mina Lioness. who ultimately received credit for this. So two other 
accusations came from US producer and songwriter Justin Raisin and writer Eves Rothman, who um, claims Lizzo's uh, disputes. Is his name Justin Raisin or Jeremiah? That's where their brothers. There's two, so oh, there's Justin, okay. but this article's crediting one. It's the person who's actually oh, saying okay. the accusation. Um, so obviously this created a lot of circulation, media reporting on it a couple months and weeks ago. Uh, copyright has become increasingly more difficult to track and enforce because of stints like this on social media and with um, intellectual property and artistic um, property too. So um, last week in a much more traditional example of a copyright accusation, um, US singer CeCe Penston claimed Lizzo's juice lifts from her fav- famous song, Finally. So there's loads of oh, for fuck, accusations for Lizzo. I'm just giving you a bit of context That's because a there's a lot going on right now. Um, but yes, Lizzo did actually admit that the song was in fact inspired by Mina Lioness. Um, she wrote a very public statement with... Um, you know, not exactly iPhone notes, but it was Instagram notes. Um, and I'm just gonna, you know, read a little bit from what she said. So, hey y'all, as I've shared before, in two, I said it like her, didn't I? In 2017, while working on a demo, I saw a meme that resonated with me, a meme that made me feel a hun- like 100% that bitch. I sung that line in the demo and I later used the line in Truth Hurts. The men, so obviously, as I said before, the men who now claim a piece of truth hurts did not help me write any part of the song. They had nothing to do with the line or how I chose to sing it. There was no one in the room when I wrote Truth Hurts except for me, Ricky Reed, and my tears. That song is my life and its words are my truth. I later learned that a tweet inspired the meme. The creator of the tweet is the person I'm sharing my success with. So apparently this person is dot, 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 but okay. Not these men. Period. Thank you to everyone who has supported me and my song. XO, XO. No ads to Mina here. Uh, no references to Mina, but this seems to be a very clear direction that Mina has been credited because Mina then went to kind of, uh, she literally instantly responded. And um, she wrote, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm a credited songwriter for the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100, to which has amassed 20.1 thousand likes and 3,049 retweets to date. So that's as far as we need to really go with this. Um, how do you guys feel about the Mina Lizzo song, Truth Hurts, 100% that bitch, <laughs> wrapping it up? What, yeah, what's going on? What's your thoughts? Sorry, I can just tell that shop here is so done. <laughs> He's about to fall asleep, but um, um, I don't think this is over. I I think it's over for Mina and that whole situation. And congratulations to her. Mm -hmm. Um, she's definitely going to be raking it in. But also at the same time, it's good to be recognised for something that you created. So it's much bigger than just making money. Um, I'm just going to read an interview on Billboard with Jeremiah Raisin, who's one of the brothers, um, claiming to have written or co-written the song. Um, so statement from Lizzo's lawyer, Cynthia. I don't want to mispronounce her name, but I think it's Aratos. Um, We find it unsettling that they believe our claim is unwarranted, considering the receipts we have, which include a musicology report for the song Healthy, which predates Truth Hurts. Another confusion we have 
is if Lizzo wrote this song alone with Ricky Reed, why was Jesse St. John credited as a writer in 2017 from being one of the five writers in the Healthy Sessions in April of 2017? So Jeremiah Raisin, um, he's of the opinion that Mina um, should get accredited for um, co-writing part of the song. But he's saying that him and his brother wrote a song which is very similar to the final version of Truth Hurts and they deserve a writing credit as well. So there's no confusion with Mina. If we all we care about is Mina, then we can just move on, to be honest, because they can sort that shit out. I just don't think we need to mention this anymore. Um, I think this is done. Uh, Lizzo has kind of redeemed herself in a way, but I feel like it was kind of just to clean her image a bit. Um, she's still done a few things, like the the lift, not lift driver, the um, Postmates driver, I think it's Postmates, mm. um, who tried to deliver her food and then she put her on Twitter and she's getting death threats. I wonder how she's doing. Um, I just hope that this changes Lizzo. Again, this isn't changing my opinion. I still think her music is shit. Um, but yeah, that's all I gotta say. Let's just say that she's not sorry about the action. She's just sorry she got caught. Yep, hundred percent. Big enough. That's basically what it is. Yep. And Lizzo, you're not slick, honey. The feminism move. You're not slick. You are not slick. Well, Give these it... people their money. Stop trying to do a feminism thing because uh. it's a part of your brand. Stop. Stop. The world sees you for what you are. You can ride high on the Billboard Hot 100, but everyone knows what it is. Everyone knows what it is. These writers, clearly, the case is clearly there from what I'm seeing that everyone owes money. Do you just want to be greedy? Like, give these people the coins. Like, stop trying to hold it to just two people in a room and your truth and tears or whatever you said. You're not slick. As Eden said, you do not like black women and you just, you're just selfish. That's all it is, you're selfish. You're gaining so much money from this song. Like, just give these artists, yeah, these artists, they're artists as well, their credit and give them their money. Cause fundamentally, if it was me and Mina situation, I'd be expecting some cash. Give me an advance. I want to go to fucking Paris. Like, give me some, <laughs> give me some coins. You, you gave me online slander. People probably telling her to like, do all of this, do all of that, have fans and stuff. But yes, Mina, I'm glad, obviously it finally resonated and you finally got your credit and stuff like that. But, oh, she give me some bags. Like, I need my bags. That, that was, that's what it is for me. So I hope she get, I hope to see the money. I hope to see the flight soon, you know? Um, and I hope these other two writers actually get their credit. So, Chopé, if you're not already sleeping, because um, he's tired of this, guys, he's really tired of it. Um, what are your thoughts? Mina, congratulations, get the bag. Lizzo, I wish you the best. Okay. So that's that. Woo, that's that on that, guys. Let me close the tab. Um, okay, this is really just about to tire me. Um, so our girl Rihanna Riri, Bayesian God, okay. So she shared a Chris Brown song on her Instagram, and her fans are furious, okay. Moving like her mum, but okay. So the 31 year old singer 
I didn't know she was so young, actually. She's been around for so long. Um, promoting her Fenty Beauty lip glosses has played Chris Brown's music in the background. So Rihanna has faced some heat earlier this week, very early stages of this week, after sharing a video with ex-boyfriend Chris Brown's music played in the back. Um, gang gang, just me and my glossy posse. She ca- I don't even know why I would do this. Captioned in the post, however, some fans were left unimpressed by Rihanna's accompanying song choice, which was Chris Brown's collaboration with her, Come Together, which played throughout the clip. Um, Among the many comments gushing over the Needed Me singer's products were disapprovals from her loyal Navy. I know my ears ain't hearing that motherfucker someone tweeted. I know that ain't Christopher in the background. The music is not giving this a like. No, the music, I'm not giving this a like. Um, Chris Brown reposted the clip onto his own Instagram and dropped a heart emoji on the original post. And that's it really, guys. What are your thoughts on Rihanna sharing a song on her Instagram after promoting Fenty Beauty products. Um, sorry, I just sorry. A line in the article made me laugh when they were like, "The needed me sing." So yeah, I, I got like, that. Like, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" I got that. This, this journalist industry is so funny. <laughs> like these people don't even they think they're slick. You're not slick. Anyway, that was their job. That's their job. Anyway, go on. Um. Okay. Serious topic, sorry yeah. guys. Uh, so with this, there's a few things. Um, with celebrities, they don't always handle their social media accounts. Um, but saying that, if there is a situation where there's two people involved, they're usually notified to not put things in there. Um, but in this case, Rihanna and Chris Brown have a history. What he did was horrible. And um, what he is still doing is horrible. But Rihanna has forgiven him for the things that have happened between them. Mm. She's chosen to forgive him, the, forgive him. and um, she has released a song of him called Nobody's Business. And I think there was another song called Birthday Cake. Yep. Cake, um, cake, cake, sorry. Um, so like, she's obviously forgiven him. They might have a friendship or a acquaintanceship or something along those lines. They that, avoided each other at Drake's party though. Yeah, but maybe maybe online. Oh, okay. maybe online yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to speculate, but. At the end of the day, publicly, Rihanna has forgiven Chris Brown. That's a storyline that we can only follow because we can only see what's public. And um, I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of people who have been in domestic abusive relationships or um, know of people in domestic abusive relationships or maybe they've grown up in a household like that, they are attaching their, their kind of relationship with that to... Rihanna and Chris Brown. Mm. Like, Rihanna is her own independent person. And this is kind of some of the things that is an issue with stand culture. Um, stand culture shouldn't be that you project your life onto someone else. Someone else should be able to live their life as an individual. And when I say someone else, I mean a famous person, a musician, an actor, etc., etc., without it then affecting you. Um, I understand the argument that Rihanna forgiving Chris Brown um, kind of weakens the argument for like domestic abuses and stuff like that. I, I get that. But the facts of the matter are, Rihanna has forgiven Chris Brown. Mm. 
uh, that is as far as that can go right now. That doesn't mean that you necessarily need to forgive someone who's hurting you. It doesn't mean that um, domestic abuse is okay. I think the base point is Rihanna has forgiven Chris Brown. Yeah. And she can do whatever she wants on her Instagram. Literally. She hasn't chosen to be um, someone who represents like things that are happening in your life. And it's very unfortunate if something is happening in some fans' lives where they feel like what she's doing is the worst thing in the world. Um, but yeah, she's chosen to lead with forgiveness, um, mm. which I don't necessarily always agree with. We spoke about this last week with um, the president of Atlant at Ben oh, Cook. Sorry, my brain. Ben Ho Ben Cook. Sorry. Yeah. Um, forgiveness isn't always the way, but Rihanna has chosen forgiveness. That's all <laughs> I gotta say. And also, I feel like sometimes the topics are chosen because of the way I react to them online. Did you see me tweet? Did you see me react? Okay, cool. Just checking. Gosh, Shopee, what do you have to say? Um, we've covered it. Uh, everything. Yeah, I was just gonna say that you know. The Navy, you've seen Rihanna on Oprah. You've seen <laughs> the question. And you've seen the answer. Rihanna does not clearly co-sign domestic abuse or whatever because she avoided him at Drake's party yesterday. They were both there and the reports are there that they avoided each other. They whenever they never like publicly do anything. She, Rihanna clearly knows, even though despite her decisions to do X, Y, and Z, she knows the extent to which she is a role model to some people, you know, inherited or not. But, um, and she she makes it very clear to obviously still avoid him in public and not like just run back into his arms, even if it's in a friendship capacity like that. They clearly keep their business very private. Well, Chris Brown doesn't comment on Instagram, but like in terms of visually being seen with each other, they clearly keep each other's distance. The song came on in the background. She's 31 years old. It's happened like how many years ago? She personally in this isolated scenario has decided to forgive him. She said it multiple times. They've collaborated since. What did you expect? They even of got course. Back huh? They even got back. Yeah, exactly. They yeah, but that's very common together. in domestic abusive relationships. Yeah, but like that aside, you know, it's very clear that Rihanna has forgiven him and has distanced herself over time now to this point, um, at least publicly anyway. Um a song is bound to have if you're record if Rih if someone like Rihanna, but basically more life of more of her life is recorded than not. You know, obviously it was her choice to record to promote. Maybe she had something going. Um, let me not even speculate about what she had. The song came on. It is what it is. She's forgiven him. She has never kept it quiet about how she felt. She feels about in terms of whether she gives him or not. She said it on Oprah, one of the biggest platforms. Yeah. You guys just need to get a grip now. Like, just get a grip. Like, obviously, I get, I know domestic abuse is serious. The Karuchi things is disgusting. Like, what he continues to do to her, like harassment, all this kind of stuff is disgusting. Obviously, Karuchi has dealt with this in the court of law and still seeks to try and deal with this in the law. Rihanna's obviously taken her routes to deal with whatever has happened with her and domestically abuse-wise, she's done it um the legal route as well. You know, a song is going to come on. Um maybe she shouldn't have played it i guess if, if she knows it's going to public audiences she probably didn't even think this reaction was going to happen because she was thinking about fenty and promoting it and then going to her next booking or whatever it was like you navy just need to let your print your queen or whatever do what the fuck she wants she can do what she wants if you don't you have the personal choice to step away from rihanna after that like it's just like i don't get what you guys expect she's forgiven the guy 
don't like the tweet. She's not going to die. She's still getting money. I'm sorry. Like, you know, we still still very much all clearly in agreement that domestic abuse is problematic and is actually completely unacceptable. Uh, unacceptable. But Rihanna has chosen her choice. Like, you could have not bought the CDs years ago. Like, it's been about five, seven, eight, nine, however many years now. Like, Ten. make a choice. Be a fan and have the possibility of her playing a Chris Brown in her song in the background or don't. Like, bloody hell, you guys are acting like you're strapped to her leg. Like, just fucking get a grip. I'm sorry, it's just so annoying. Like, sad culture. Like, when the fucking, what is it, the beehive were like, oh, fuck Beyonce's opinion. Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about and then went to go and bully so Like, just fuck off. Like, you stands are so fucking annoying. I'm sorry. Like, you are fucking annoying. Go and worry about your mum and go and worry about your sisters and brothers. Like, go and worry about your jobs. Go and worry about how you're eating at night. Like, literally, go and worry about that. Cream your ankles. But, uh, <laughs> worry about your dry lips. Go and worry about supporting actual domestic abuse charities, you know, instead of tweeting about it, you know, always on Twitter, but not actually doing the work. Go and fucking do the work if you care that much. You can be an activist or a part-time activist. It's not hard. It's not hard. Google the charities in your local area. There are loads, I promise you. Get a grip. Stands are pissing me off. Like, you're so fucking annoying. Like, seriously. I love how shop is only input. (laughs) (laughs) Cream your ankles too, because you're going to school with dry ankles. You're going to school with dry lips, but you're tweeting about Rihanna putting a fucking video in a fucking thing. All right, wait. Let's look at this. Look at let's look at this at a different angle. Oh, no, guys. God. You know I'm just tired. I'm wait, let's tired, let's guys. just look at a different angle. It's beautiful at the fact that people that may be going through domestic abuse is able to look at someone who's in the public light, who's gone through it, and like thrive. Maybe they're just scared that yeah. she'll go backwards because in their lives they've they have or something along those lines. But saying that, you're completely justified to be annoyed at this because stands do push a lot of their feelings and the things that happen on their life you're onto projecting. other people. Yeah. Or at least what they signify. And that shouldn't be the way yeah. that you interact with people. Especially if you attack other people for having other opinions. That's mm. fucked. Do um, you know what it is? There is a bit of nuance. If you're holding someone to account, you're holding them to account. But don't you don't ha- you don't have to buy CDs because I know you're all gonna buy the reggae album when it comes out, and you guys haven't supported your charities. The ones who have, you have the you have the opinion to say this to her and hold her to account. The people who haven't, which are a lot of you, and I know I don't even need the facts. <laughs> I know my soul is telling me I'm Jamaican. My soul is telling me oh that you guys don't support the charities. So the go on Google if you if you can't make it because you're working nine to five, whatever. Nick. Go and press that donate <laughs> button before you tweet. Nick. That's what you need to do anyway let's move on because i'm tired this is a stupid topic and you stands are fucking stupid some of you are fucking stupid the ones who have been domestic abused and are holding out to account i'm sorry <laughs> but let's move on anyway cardi b more silliness here we go right so cardi b has credited herself for opening the doors for female rappers okay so cardi b wants her props this is from wrap up by the way so she's now a grammy winner as we all know she took to twitter on wednesday to weigh in on her influence and defend herself against critics as she always does um who say she didn't open doors for female rappers okay so this is what she had to say um I didn't say I paved the way. I didn't say I paved the way for female rappers, but I definitely gave the hood and woman hope. 
Niggas wasn't collaborating with female rappers. Labels were singing or signing, sorry, female rappers and putting them on the shelf and not focusing on them, not giving them their attention. Um, what? It seems it seems like it was impossible for it to be more than one female rapper. These male rappers were where were not even taking money from female rappers for a feature because it seemed far fetched for another woman to make it. I see so many male artists collaborating with females now even. Um, yeah, so she's saying she raised the profile for female rappers and made the genre more visible, more bankable. And you can deny it as much as you want and say I'm crazy or shut the fuck up. But how many female rappers before me were getting chances or getting pushed? They wasn't believing and now they are, uh, exclamation mark. Um, and for the slow ones, again, no, ain't made females want to rap because bitches been rapping, bitch. Wait, what the fuck? Okay, sorry. And for the slow ones, again, no, ain't made females want to rap because bitches been rapping, bitches been have the talent, but the music industry wasn't believing and shitting on female rappers. And that's Big Bentley. Um, <laughs> Cardi clapped back when someone said she's lying. I'm lying. So you tell me what rappers was giving fe features to female rappers? What labels were pushing a female rapper? What TV shows was inviting female rappers? Only two female rappers for years and ain't one, and ain't one last too long. Okay, uh, now you tell me I wanna see something. Um, okay. Um, the, the grammar is just a little bit I think we hard. get the general point though. Um, yeah, so people are telling her she's lying and that Nicki Minaj fought for years to open the doors for you all. Again, she's creeps back onto our gender, guys. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot. I ignored this one personally. And you know me and female rap, I do love, you know, a bit of women in rap, you know, diversity and inclusion. But um what are you guys' thoughts on Cardi B? Um, sorry, Cardi B in this 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 topic. Shelby, you're going first. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that actually I'm very happy that um, women in rap has been a constant dialogue this entire year, whether it's been negative or positive. I'm actually happy that the culture, inverted commas, actually discussing it. In regards to Cardi's comments, first of all, the grammar was atrocious. Um, you know. Jesus be a dictionary. Jesus be spell check. Jesus be the green line on Microsoft Word. Oh, I finally know which one she was talking about. The second one, Iggy. Iggy. Yes, yeah. I was thinking but who didn't make it. In terms it. of her comments, I understand that we're going, people want to like attack her, but, 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 there is some truth in what she's saying. I didn't think you There say is it. some truth in what she's saying. If we're now looking at when Nicki first came out and Cardi came out, compared to when Nicki came out, yes, there were, there was, she did, Nicki did reinvigorate interest in female rap, which led to the Cardis and the the Megans and the whoever's and the Ricos and whoever, Dreezy, so on and so forth. Yes, definitely. But I can say that when Nicki first came out, other than Iggy, who lasted like a good year and a half, and Azealia had more of a cold status. How many of them were actually thriving? Yes, there were loads um, being signed, but how many of them were being pushed? Whereas now, since Cardi's come out, we can actually say there is a female rap renaissance, and that is a direct impact of Cardi's success. Is that more because of 
Cardi or is it because because I'm not seeing a lot of men like good male like rappers anymore except for maybe the baby who's really like blown up but is that because of Cardi B do you think it's yeah it is because of her because obviously wait what wait what 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 what, what you said, what's your point I'm saying I'm not really seeing in new school I'm not really seeing that many great male Lyri- what, lyricists, lyricists or just artists generally both I'm not really hey, seeing it. Hey, shout out to Duckworth. Anyway, sorry. YBN. But I mean mainstream. I mean my, mainstream. Yeah, YBN's good. And we can name some of them. But I think on a whole, I'm not really seeing that many that are that great. But the point is, though, male rappers have always dominated. They are always pervasive. There's there's still ample choice. There's a status quo. <laughs> yes. Mm. And aside from that, the ones who aren't even like topping the trust and selling albums, they still seem to have a lane where they can thrive and prosper and kind of have their own little pockets. Mm-hmm. Whereas female rappers, it's like you either had to be Nicki Minaj or you went, you're not doing shit. You had to be one or the other. Whereas with male rappers, you can kind of be at the top, in the middle, the third tier, the fourth tier, the underground. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with female rappers. Yeah, Whereas you're right, actually. When, and it's what I'm saying. When Nicki first came out, yes, she definitely did. And she definitely is the reason why the stuff with Megan and so on is happening. Nicki is definitely the root of that. But when she first came out, there wasn't a direct impact of seeing a plethora of female rappers having success akin to hers. Whereas Cardi's, we cannot lie. So, like, even from a journalist perspective, the amount of pieces and threads have come out. It is as a result of Cardi's success. Megan, Dreezy, Rico, Nikeli 47. Even even in British female rappers now, there's a bit more of a conversation about that now. Mm. So... She isn't wrong. Like, I think obviously, you know, we understand, you know, um, words are not her forte despite being a rapper. We mm. are aware of that. But read between the lines, you know, in the words of Crystal, words mean things. And if you could actually <laughs> just get through the nuggets of those poorly written tweets mm. um, that had no spell check or proofreading, mm. um, she isn't lying. There is some truth in what she's saying. I think there there is some truth into what she's saying, but I think she needs to realise that I think she's dramatising it a little bit because I don't think a lot of women in rap are actually getting big pushes, in my opinion. I think there's visibility, press, all that kind of stuff, you know, small fade of the four, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can't but, say admit the fader is small. Uh, the four is. But I think... Um, I think in terms of actual pushes from the label, which she's talking about, the label pushes, the investment in projects and all that kind of stuff. And Megan had to fight for that, let's be real. The label came after she built her buzz. Mm. I think there's still a very big conversation. Dreezy's not getting half the push she deserves, um, in my opinion. And um, I think, yeah, there's 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 a moment culturally, culturally, but in terms of systems and stuff like that, there's still a long way to go. I think Cardi has ignited a bit of a movement in terms of actually just collaboration, giving some girls a leg up. City girls would not be half the position they're oh, in without I forget a them? Cardi push. Um, even though Young Miami did do a lot of work on her own as well. I think, yeah, Sweetie, if we if we all remember Cardi this time last year, put her on the stage um, as well as, um, what's her name? What is that girl's name? A doll. Cash doll? Not Asian doll, not cash. Um, <laughs> so many. The love and hip hop one. Oh, I don't know any of those ones. <sighs> yeah, they're not, real not Cuban. They're not real rappers. But she put, yeah, dream she put doll. a couple. Is dream it? doll, that's it, dream. Yeah, she put dream on her stage for Pretty Little Thing collaboration as well. Um, 
Yeah, no, Cardi has definitely tried to collaborate and stuff like that and extend the olive branch and stuff. But I think her stuff about labels, um, there's still not a lot of people getting a push unless they are being positioned to be against Nicki or Cardi still. So Bad Baby, for example, obviously getting a big push from Atlantic to be Cardi. To be honest, they really did want her to be the Cardi, to be honest, Mm. if we're being really honest here. Um... Yeah, um, Asian Doll obviously got signed to Gucci following Cardi as well. So I think, yeah, I think I think she she has she has a fair point, but I still think there's a way to go. And I don't think, I think she's dramatizing her impact a little bit because there's still quite a bit to go on the systemic level. But no, she mm. definitely has a point. She def there's definitely been a press, definitely press and festival renaissance in in the female rap kind of lane and charting. But I think the label side of things there's still a bit of a way to go and let's and megan i really want to be clear in her trajectory and her history she had to fight for that not the other way around not the label giving her the platform she fought to then get in to the platform and social media got her to the platform didn't cardi do the same um cardi did do the same which is why i think she has a little bit of historical revisionism in terms of what she's actually saying so i think she could have made her point as Chope said a little bit clearer and dissected it a little bit better if she had the right people in her friendship circles or teams to kind of articulate it for her but she definitely has a point of course she's caused a little bit of a buzz you know that paper cover this year with loads of upcoming and women in rap was probably because of her they were like you know cardi's done a lot this year but then look at the other girls who are poised to come after her so Mm. yeah there's definitely a movement but labels have a lot more to go in terms of risk and putting their money where their mouth is and taking risks and being a bit more experiment experimental because they give the budgets to the men as we spoke about in the beginning of this conversation um but the women still are kind of left to fry malibu mitch for example um atlantic did not give her checks um and rico has spoken about not being given the right push as well actually from her label and she's signed to a subsidiary of atlantic too so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of a way to go but um yeah no cardi definitely has cardi definitely has influence in terms of the visibility i want to say unless even has something to say on this topic all i was going to say is you guys have changed my opinion completely um i was going to come in here and say um cardi was chatting shit I did see her argument though, um, obviously because she was before the majority of the people that are mm. now kind of blowing up. I was like, okay, yeah. So I do see her argument, but I was gonna go more for the Nicki Minaj angle and say that Nicki da, da, was da, the da, one. Da. Nicki was the one to pioneer, um, or at least kind of. She's the mother of this, like influence labels, and if we're to being, actually approach more yeah. female rappers, and if we're being really real, Atlantic obviously signed Cardi to go against Nicki, and yeah. we all know this. Like, mm-hmm. so Nicki is the it's all the you know, yeah. and I have my critiques with you know Nicki, obviously, but I can admit that this agenda is all to be spewed. Let's not forget what um our little girl Lady Leisha said about being offered a deal by the I same label that, to yeah. go against Nicki. I was so it's the same thing you know all these people Malibu Mitch has spoken about it as mm. well labels telling her you have to attack Nikki let's go about this so Nikki is in everyone's mouth and if we look Nikki's at Nikki's in everyone's if mouth if we look at it on a wider scale um, a lot of companies in general are trying to push more feminine type things and when mm. I say feminine they kind of go for the kind of there was a massive trend that was going on in the industry that I work in where like Me Too came out and people were trying to focus yeah. on, on more books that or like more music or whatever um, to do with women and that can also because 
at the end of the day, artists are like, I hate to say it, but products, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the products yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, la- of labels. And during the Me Too era, which wasn't too long ago, um, and a lot of the rises in um, like feminist discussion, they are naturally going to push more female artists. So I don't, yep. I think there's a lot 100%. more behind this than just Cardi B manufacturing or like mm. being a success. And the labels like, actually, mm. let's put more people behind it. No, there's more conversations about diversity issues within mm-hmm. music and diversity mm-hmm. issues within mm-hmm. loads of industries. Mm-hmm. So I do think they need Excellent. to, they need really to actually valid. take that into consideration. Yeah, yeah Eden, that's, that's actually a very, that's an extreme, that's a, that's a really solid an point. excellent point. Yeah. I just want to close this by saying that aside from the whole, any female rapper has to go against Nicki Minaj, I think labels who are still obviously mostly ran by men, most people behind the scenes, and I see this working in PR, um, oh, white men also, we still, not, <laughs> we as an industry still have an issue um, positioning rappers outside, female rappers outside of a sexual canon. Like, if you're going to be a big female rapper, they want you to be a pop star. They want, So the way Nicki and Cardi mm. are mm. big female rappers, they're also in the same ilk competing with Beyonce, Rihanna, Gaga, Katy Perry. They're not just yeah. seen. Whereas in for males, you can literally just exist in the hip hop space and thrive. Whereas yeah. female rappers have to be not only successful in rap, they have to be just successful females in across general the across the beer the, the, the and board. i think i think shoppe's point is really valid like i think yes eve again eva always comes up in this but she literally always speaks about this there's not gonna there's not a time anywhere soon I, I hope it does happen but where the female rapper archetype doesn't look like little kim or doesn't look exactly. like Nicki Minaj, well there is not is not mainstream well, not mainstream is. who um i know i know who you're gonna say as well but she's not going to reach the mainstream status. My brain status. is literally hurting me. You mentioned it. Missy Elliott's the o- one of Rhapsody. the only ones that broke Rhapsody. the voice. Rhapsody is not going to be that person. I thought no, you were no. going to say, um, what's her name? Visuals, small, small. Tierra Wack. Tierra Wack. No, no, it. no. Um, the, so what was the categories of what you just said? My brain is like. So to be the massive, massive success. They have like to look like Lil' Kim. Or Cardi B. Not much exists in the Oh, uh, you're saying massive level. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, like of super uh, okay, mainstream okay, success level. Missy, one of the only ones that broke that void. And let's not forget, Shoppe's brought up the point again. Her lyrics were still very much sexualized. If we really mm. dissect them, they were tongue yeah. in cheek, playing on those those words and concepts as well. But Some... Missy, in terms of visually, is mm. one of the only ones, Queen Latifah as well, that broke the kind of void. Well, some people of consider Lizzo like that. a rapper. I consider her a singer. I know she can rap, and I know she does rap. But I consider, first, her, I consider her a singer that raps. Okay, it's kind of like Chris Brown raps, but he's a singer. Trace Although raps. in articles they do call him a rapper. Well, that's because some I, do, that's some racism. Do, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so even outside of that, yeah, so like there are so many. Stop calling Justin V a rapper. <laughs> no, I'm like, when yeah. we when we finally can see someone like a Rhapsody or like Kelly Forty Seven, even someone like Rico Nasty and Azealia Banks, like yeah, they actually hot. have yeah, very Rico. international, mainstream appealing kind of aesthetics and sounds. Yeah. But for some reason, they're just not really piercing through in the same way yeah. as the aforementioned. Mm-hmm. So like, and Missy herself was an outlier. outlier. Queen Latifah was an outlier. And 100%. even then, Queen Latifah, I think the reason why, as much as she was a great MC, shout out to the Black Crane album, amazing album, even heard the album, mm-hmm. banging album. Um, she was a great rapper, but let's not act like Queen Latifah had to stay afloat by, you know, transitioning into movies and television yeah, and Broadway. Yeah, didn't quite last in like, rap. Her, she had a very great run as a rapper. She did. Platinum albums, Grammys, mm. hit songs, classics to this day, 100%. But I do wonder what would have happened if she decided to just remain Staying a rapper. Yeah. And even Missy Elliott too. Missy Elliott had some clout 
and some goodwill for being a songwriting producer behind the mm. scenes before she released her own her music obviously she you know was writing a lot a lion's share of Aaliyah's work 702 yep. genuine so on and so forth destiny's child she was a well-known writer and producer before she finally was given the chance to be her own artist yep. mm. so Hence why normani even wants to work with her now for the behind the scenes stuff. yeah exactly mm. that's what it is missy is equally respected as a rapper as and like, and someone needs to write an article about this. Maybe I will one day. Someone needs to actually write an article about her contributions as a writer and producer. Like that in itself is a story. Mm. That in itself has history. Like she has written for literally everyone. Yeah. Like everyone. I can go on. Monica, so on and so forth. So many others. But she also has her own little pocket as obviously being one of the best human rappers. Mm. But Yeah, 100%. So that's when things will change. But, you know, Cardi had some points, but, you know... um, Grammar and English weren't her friend. Mm. I feel like she's always fighting critics. Like, if, didn't she it's just like say she was going to delete her Instagram like two yeah. weeks ago? And then here we are. Like, I know, yeah, like, I just, Cardi, you need a break, <laughs> a long one. Anyway, um, let's move on um, to London, actually. Mm-hmm. So, Drill rapper Rico Rax gelled and banned from rapping certain words. Not surprising. Obviously, we can go back to um, what is Skeng our episode called? What's our episode called? Uh, the Drill Minister one. Yeah. Uh, it's something, it's a pun drill. drill. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the drill, to get a bit of context into drill and what's happening to it now. Um, but I'm going to obviously we'll discuss this now as well. But... Um, Rico Rax, a London drill rapper, has obviously been jailed for three years for drug offences and issued with an order that forbids him from rapping certain words. So um, Rax's real name is Avine um, Kampalu. Um, wow, this they're really going for every little fact, but obviously it's public information. Um, of King's Cross pleaded guilty <laughs> to supplying Class A drugs and possessing criminal property in the form of cash. Police raids on addresses linked um, Kepalu um, uncovered thousands of pounds in cash and drugs worth street value of 7,000 pounds. Um, Kapala's rap tracks openly references drug trade. One video features a shot of a pan on a stove being used to prepare drugs with lines such as, now I've got to move all this food. Uh, which is obviously the journalists are really going in now saying this means drugs. If I fuck you up, you know I'm screwed. Um, as part of his sentence, he was given a criminal behavioral order for five years. It prevents him from rapping certain words such as bando, a house used for dealing um, with drugs and consumption, trapping, dealing. Uh, so that's another word he was obviously banned from using and connect, which is a drugs contact. He is also banned from saying whipping, a slang term used for... Dr- what the fuck is this guy? Sorry. Anyway, for driving, that has also been used to refer to drug preparation. Bans that restrict rappers from using certain words or entering certain areas have become increasingly used by the police. West London drill rappers, um, I don't know, how is it 1011? I'm just going to say 1011, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, were, uh, were banned from mentioning rival gangs in um, their music, while duo Skendo and AM, as we reported earlier this year, were um, given suspended prison sentences for performing one of their tracks, um, attempted 1.0 at a live gig. The kind of legislation has been criticised by free speech groups. Index on Censorship CEO Jody Ginsburg told The Guardian following the Skendo and AM case, the law already prevents individuals from directly and and violence but such wide-ranging bans go well beyond this 
they are not the way to handle ideas or opinions that are distasteful, distasteful sorry, or disturbing and do nothing to address the issues that lead to the creation of this kind of music. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on this whole case and um, draw music as a whole right now facing quite a um, watch by the law and the police? Um, so I <clears throat> got in trouble for this. So I tweeted something in 2016 where I had a discussion about free speech and drill music. Um, and 2016? I yeah, early I, on I, I think okay. it was earlier than that, actually. Um, and I spoke about the issues that I have with police officers. There was this article that came out that yeah. basically said that the police going to try and stop people from making drill or something along those lines where they were basically controlling the free speech of young individuals. And Kano has spoken about this before. He said, if you take away the music, what are, what are the youth going to do? Like their music is their expression and in the NWA film I've mentioned this before as well yeah. um, Ice Cube's character said it may sound violent to you but it is our experience if you want us to stop rapping about it change the experience for people um, here's where I have an issue some of these terms that they're banning like whipping they <laughs> it's a car I have, like, I have a massive issue driving. with let's say the upper echelon so like journalists and stuff like that controlling free expression and i get the whole free expression can get quite dark with like white nationalists and stuff like that that's kind of here or there like at the end of the day white nationalists are going to be white nationalists mm -hmm. controlling what they say isn't really going to change the narrative um my issue is and this is what i got in trouble for mm. i don't think they should ban dr um, drill mm. even if it is causing um knife crime events and stuff like that mm -hmm. For the one in a million kid, it's getting them out of the hood. It's mm. getting them out of the areas that are deprived because governments aren't investing in those areas. Equally, at the same time, when we say that like governments or um, courts should be able to ban people from making drill, I need you to understand what you're saying. Because if you say that these people should be able to ban drill, you, you're giving them a gateway to ban things like trap, to ban things like road rap, to ban things like just rap in general. Because you really think these journalists are going to say, okay, we're banning drill, and you think they're going to have a specification for what drill is. They'll literally hear, like, say, um, Crapton Conan made a song called My Story, which talks about how um, Conan's stepfather was killed they could possibly see that as drill. You don't think they understand the BPM that actually causes drill to happen or the um, the flow that is used or the commonalities between drill. They will see drill music as black music. And if they can control the narrative of that, it's not our own. So I have a massive issue with when um, journalists and people like judges can control what we say. Um, I understand the need for it and I definitely understand why they would do that. They, they're trying to figure out solutions for the rise in knife crime but they're not coming up with the right solutions and they're not listening to the right people, in my opinion. I'm not even the right person to listen to, if I'm being completely honest. Um, you need to go to the core issue. You need to speak to the people from those areas and figure out why or how they're able to say these things. Because if they're a lie, they would have been pulled up on it. But the fact that they're saying these things and getting away with it means that it happens in those areas. And there's a reason for that. Maybe there's not money in the areas. Maybe um, there's mental health issues in that area. Um, there's loads of different issues and it's just irritating because they think that this is a solution and it's really not. Mm. He's gonna, banning him from saying certain words that are related to maybe his ethnicity or the people that he speaks to, 
isn't a solution because that's mm. creative freedom and blocking him from being creative is just going to push him back into doing things he's not supposed to be doing. Mm. So I just think it's bullshit personally. Um, the people that are still black and advocating for drill to be cancelled, I really urge you to look into what you're actually saying because you're giving courts and newspapers the rights to ban our free speech, which is bullshit. Mm. But yeah, that's me. I definitely think that I've said this before on this podcast and I can will continue to say it. This is cyclical, okay? Like, this is not an isolated incident. We've just covered, obviously, Skengdo and AM. We've just covered the group 1011, I believe. Hopefully, they are called that. I'm sorry if I've mispronounced your name. Um, this is not regional as well. This is not specific to drill, but it is specific to black people because it's racialized. Um, this is an attack on black expression. This is an attack on black genre expression. Um, and I think this is obviously a political um, issue and quite sensitive to our community. Um, I was just trying to get some articles up as well. Um, this kind of forms part of a wider issue of issues such as Form 696, sorry, which was used by the police, obviously, in reference to grime and cancelling shows last minute to block artists such as gigs from performing and long-standing issues with the police and gigs. This follows NWA, obviously, in the States and what the police have done there. This follows the issues with, like, 6ix9ine, for example, and I hate that I'm even using this for him for this point, whatever, but, like, let's just say Bobby Schmurder, for example, as well and lyrics being used in their cases um, to kind of incite them and um, convict them ultimately as well. Um, so I think this, yeah, call it whatever the law is, call it what whatever the, the term is, what they're doing to kind of attack uh, Drill at this point. But as Eden said, giving license to this framework will not only hinder artists of the future, but will hinder people that use Drill as a way out of the um, their circumstances. And I think that, you know, the police don't care about the mental health. The police don't care about the cultural stuff happening on the ground. Otherwise, work or small bits of work would have been started to actually check this and have an investigation of this. We've had years full of budget cuts to youth clubs. Youth clubs cease to exist, really, unless they're community-driven or unless they're specifically charity-driven. So I think that... Um, the police don't care, the government don't care, lawmakers don't care fundamentally as well, or if they do care, they're being very complicit in this. Um, and complicity is being on the same train, in my opinion. Um, I think this will only lead to more of a politicization of drill, and it will only lead to more innocent people who literally only use the thing for an aesthetic we've spoken about artists using um rappers in particular using kind of certain caricatures stuff like that um but this will block loads of black kids um from progressive futures to be honest and as eden said there are quite a few actually kids that use draw as a form of escapism because it is a form of creativity and it is creating music i know it's hard to understand for some people who just see us as black men with hoodies but um yes we do actually use it as a form of expression um and i see a lot of parallels obviously on the ground with grime um and what's happening to uh, to drill right now so yeah, this is this is worrying news. It's very scary. It's kind of not having control of our expression, not having control of our genres that we've created. 
and fundamentally just not having uh, ownership of what we say. This is like a human rights violation, in my opinion. Um, and even if he is guilty of said crimes, you should charge him for said crimes and not the lyrics, uh, which you have no basis to prove, really, um, of said crimes, unless you actually follow the paper trail. But um, yeah, lyrics should not be used in court. In my opinion, lyrics should not be used as a part of inciting anyone. Um, and I think people should deal with the problems on the ground. Will they do that? Another question. Um, but yeah, very sad news. And it's very telling of the state we're in, in music, hip hop, trap, drill, grime, basically black genres with rappers in it. Um, and what's gonna happen in courts of laws across the world in years to come. So yes, worrying news. Um, Sharpe, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, you both covered it very eloquently. I just wanna say one last thing. Um, I do believe that there definitely is a relationship between drill music and the violence happening with black youth in the UK. But rather than focusing on silencing and policing these artists and these producers, I think the, the government and the people in power and so on and so forth need to focus on the issues and the um, the behaviors that lead to this kind of music being produced in the first place. So basically, um, anyone that works in politics or in society, do your job. Right. That's and do it thoughts. well. Oh, do it well. Okay, good addition. Um, those are. Oh, Eads. Can I just say, just to make sure, because I remember you saying this, and I want to make sure that anyone listens to this understands your point fully. You're not saying that drill is the main cause for knife crime. No, of course not. But you're saying that it's like you think it's part of the it does it does yeah there's a relationship it does okay it definitely i can't i'm not going to be ignorant act like you know it's not a contributing factor to things that have been happening for decades but no it's not the cause no okay i just wanted to make sure everyone understood that who was listening right so we're going to move back to the states um last topic of the week yeah this week so r&b singer tank has faced some controversy I, I don't know um this <laughs> week um i don't know what to call it if it's controversy or just whatever but yeah controversy um for his addition on um angela yee's podcast lip service which dabbles in the realms of relationship sex um and all of those kind of topics sorry there. to interrupt can i just tell you i didn't know that was a thing what lip service yeah i didn't know she had a podcast Lonnie was on it I oh, wish she? Yeah, she was. Yeah, Lonnie went to the States and she was on it. Oh, I did not know that. About a year that. or two ago. Yeah, she's had it for like a good three or so years now. It does, it does quite, in a little pocket of podcasts, like, it does quite well, to be oh, honest. Okay. Um, so yeah, on this particular episode, um, host Angela Yee had asked uh, in reference to relationships and sex, um, let's say he, so a male, um, sucked a dick one time, say twice, does that make him gay? Tank relayed back to Angela Yee and her fellow hosts. Um, no, here's the thing. Twice is excessive, but let's dig into it. Say he sucked a dick once and then he's like, I'm not sure if I liked it or not. Let me try again. And then he says, you know what? It's not for me. I don't like the taste. Um, it doesn't make him gay. Uh, it just means he sucked dick twice because the art of being gay is being gay. Um, it's a and the clip being. got naturally uh, a lot of attention on socials so someone obviously reposted it because it's um on youtube as well as on podcasting services 
um, a YouTuber, a YouTuber, a tw- sorry, a Twitter user wrote, um, you'd be surprised how many men actually think like this. They equate homosexuality with a certain lifestyle. They believe being flamboyant, wearing mesh tank tops and uh, moisturizing makes them gay, not having sexual encounters with other men. However, another commenter argued in response to this, trying gay or lesbian sex does not make you gay or a lesbian. You can try something and decide it's not for you. That does not make you gay or a lesbian or even bi. It means you're a person who's bi-curious and figured out it wasn't for them. Use your brain, what's not clicking. Um, They pointed a double standard between genders because it's not considered unusual for straight women to experiment with other women as in men are shunned for experimenting because of patriarchy or home and also homophobia um and that's the article those those are the comments what are you guys' thoughts on lip service and what was said i think it's the most recent episode of the podcast or maybe the last recent because i don't know if she released it weekly um i would just like to say that i um would like to applaud tank for making these comments such a public platform because he's a very masculine black man. So, and he's um, spoken openly in the past about, you know, homophobia in the black community and how he's an ally, which I think is amazing, especially for someone like him. But um, I applaud him further for being able to actually articulate a very nuanced and complex perspective on sexuality and sex. And um, first of all, I agree with what he said, but the reaction and the ignorance that I saw from so many people, which unfortunately was black people, it just kind of goes to the whole idea that uh, black male gender identity, black male sexuality has to live and breathe within very narrow confines and very narrow spaces. So to everyone who's calling him gay because he said that you're an idiot, you're a donkey, you're a mess, um, read a book, read some James Baldwin, read some bell hooks, read some Wesley Morris. I can give you, I can go on with authors and writers to read. Michael Arsenal, I can go on. Um, so I just want to say this. So to everyone who thinks that Tank is now gay because he said this, people who are actually gay, people who are actually lesbians and bisexuals, you know, they were, so gay men, they had to sleep with women and kiss women before they realized they were gay. So does that make them straight? No, it doesn't. Lesbians who had to sleep with men and date men, kiss men. They had to, you know, experience these things before they realized they like women. And this is exactly the same thing. We need to be able to, we need to allow men to be able to experiment and try things, especially black men. And I actually wrote about this very similar instance. I wrote an article for True Africa two years ago about masculinity and queen sugar and insecure. (coughs) If anyone actually cares to read it, I'll send it away. this was from my writing days. Um, but yeah, I wrote an article about that. And I just spoke about this very same issue. And I just feel like it goes, having these kind of um, limiting and antiquated thoughts about what black men can and can't do in the bedroom or where their attraction should be lying is just like ultimately very damaging in the long run. And you're not helping anyone. So those are my opinions. It's... <sighs> um... You look tired. I am tired. <laughs> I'm struggling to put my thoughts together. Uh, so with this, um, can you go, Nick? Because my brain is doing backflips right now. You really are sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, Hello. I definitely think that 
what he said is true. Obviously, sexuality is a spectrum, and like obviously, experimentation is experimentation. Girls kiss girls in the club all the time. Like, is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think he's spoken about this before on the Breakfast Club. He's he's on there loads of times, basically. But yeah, man, I think uh, whatever he had to say on Angelie's podcast, I think was warranted, and I think was just a normal statement. Um, why it blew up on social media, I don't. You know why? No, like I just feel like we've had these conversations cyclically. Um, but yeah, like I just I agree with what he said. Nothing he said was out of pocket, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I think Chope, as Chope says to us, I think he covered it quite well. Like you went into the history of it, you went into the social media reaction and you said, you addressed what he actually said. So I think you covered it really well. So yeah, I pretty much agree and echo um, Chope's sentiments. I just think it comes down to ignorance, unfortunately, with the isms. It's unfortunate we're in 20, well, that actually means nothing. We're in 2019, <laughs> but um, yeah. Guys, new decade, maybe new mentality, I don't know. Uh, so I'm just going to jump in here because I kind of remember what I was going to say. Oh, you got it. This reminds me of the Insecure episode. <laughs> yes, this is the very thing I wrote about my article. Oh, okay. So um, where Molly was going out with a bisexual guy and um, she found out that he... He wasn't bisexual. Oh, he wasn't bisexual. He was straight, but he just tried it with a guy once and didn't like it. Oh, I thought no. I thought the storyline was he got in a relationship with a guy and then they got together and then. No, he like he let a guy suck his dick once and realized it wasn't <laughs> for him. Oh, okay. Um, but Molly called him bisexual as a result of that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that kind of reminds me of that, and it's kind of unfortunately it's a lot of black women that I see that have this narrative. Woo! Shaking I, the table. I know, like it's, I know it's gonna upset a few people, but I do see it a lot. Um, and that whole narrative that like if a man has done something with another man then that automatically makes him gay is a bit immature really um at the end of the day you define your sexuality if you said that you're straight you don't need to prove it to anyone um and equally at the same time if you feel like you can't be in a relationship with a man that has slept with another man then don't be surprised if there's someone that is hiding something from you in a relationship um and it also proves that you have you're a very immature person as well um I respect the fact that Tanker said this, and like you said in the past, I have like remembered that a few people got onto him because he performed that. I think it was gay pride, gay pride, and um, a lot of people were saying, um, "Why is he doing that?" and stuff. And there's whole, this whole discussion about male singers that sing in certain octaves, um, like Maxwell um, and so many other people. I remember reading an article um, about why artists like Chris Brown, Trey Song and stuff like that stay away from falsetto and it's because um, a lot of people assign that particular tone with homosexuality um, and Tank in particular he's able to reach these these um, give, uh, give me the, ter the term for it Octave. octaves and um, scales that's what I was looking for um, and people naturally are like listening to his music and have said that in the past like oh i wouldn't be surprised if x i've seen some people like do slime like sly remarks about his sexuality and stuff but really and truly i just think it's a bit immature really at the end of the day the fact is it is 2019 we can say that it doesn't mean anything but it is 2019 and people are still doing this shit fortunately i saw a video where a guy was like attacked because his friends found out that he was gay this is the reality for a lot of people and mm -hmm. it's disgusting that on a podcast with, I think it was four women or three women. I've never seen. I think the it was four women. Three women, yeah, four women. That they were of the opinion that it makes them gay. It makes them like 
you have to look at the language that you're using. Like, makes them gay, almost like it's a plague or it's some kind of symbiote or something like that. Oh, did Angela Yee think it makes them gay? I don't remember Angela Yee, but I remember... No, Angela, one of the other Yeah, girls. one of the other girls said that it does. Oh, okay. Um, and I just feel like, at the end of the day, you're treating it like some kind of plague. And I just feel... I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just me, like me as a person. I just think these topics and these things and these things that people have issues with, you could literally just look the other direction and you just don't have to see it. If it's something that really bothers you, mm. I just don't understand why people make it so personal. They, they Sorry, take it. Just laughing at Angeli, like she's just so Angeli. <sighs> <laughs> stuff she talks about sometimes, it's just like, come on, girl. No, but it, I, I, come on, sis. I'm, I was gonna say to begin with, like, why are people talking about this? You but I, I know, but I think I think it's an it's an important conversation to have as well because people do have the opinion that being homosexual is like having some form of some kind of plague or something like if you do something that is gay then you are automatically gay for eternity like you're a zombie for the rest of your life or some shit like molly did on that episode of insecure she broke up with him yeah and i've spoken to some women that said they'll never get in a relationship with a man who's done stuff with men so you think yeah and <laughs> publicly publicly i had to think about what you meant there sorry um but yeah at the end of the day I feel I don't like talking on these topics because I know it doesn't have anything to do with me but at the same time like I just feel like it's common sense like it should be it should be common sense that a guy is able to choose at the end of the day how he wants to identify that is his decision as a person you don't get to say you are gay I, I don't know I don't know and obviously there are you know closeted gay and bi men who are routinely sleeping with men and messing around with men and calling themselves straight that's obviously a different thing mm. and you know that's you know you know self-hate and sometimes homophobia and insecurities that's definitely its own um battles but if you literally just tried it once or twice to see if you if it's for you and you've done it never done it again since you can't pigeonhole someone as being a sexuality that they are not okay and i don't know why people were calling tank gay for that because he didn't say he didn't say he did that so we just want to say a quick thank you to um a listener who sent us an email um and just to let you know we do love emails so it's datspod at gmail.com so the email says hey nick shopping eden sending this sending this via email because i'm one of the few 20 somethings without an instagram or twitter account sad face I stumbled across your podcast while searching for commentary about Akala on Spotify's podcast section this summer. I follow him and he had some online drama at the time, I think. She said in brackets. Your show has been such a pleasant find for me. I am subscribed through Apple Podcasts and enjoy every episode. I appreciate the quality of your guests and the different perspectives you offer on music and the entertainment industry. You offer more... Th uh, I think she meant thought. You offer more thought-provoking insight towards each topic rather than just superficial messy takes for giggles yes you slip in the occasional shady joke and comment not me but your content is overall very professional organized and thoughtful it is clear you take your work very seriously it's just a breath of fresh air in a world where most pop culture commentaries have no real substance rah, especially those relating to black pop culture for a smaller podcast without sponsors we need them um, you offer more than some of the bigger shows I've followed for years. Seriously. I genuinely mean that and felt the need to message you personally, especially after your comments in the latest episode about how much work you put in to overcome <laughs> overcome the racial and cultural barriers in your industry. Keep up the hard work and best of luck in your individual careers. We really appreciated that message and we wanted to read it out just to say and kind of show how much we really appreciated it. Um, it made my week. I don't know. I think it made the week for both of you as well so that really made here. me smile reading that yeah it was very very that. nice and it's very nice, nice to hear that people appreciate 
um, the podcast, like all of your messages that you send using the hashtag or directly to us, we really appreciate them. Um, as we come towards the end of the season, um, I don't know if you guys know, but next week is our last episode for the season. Um, it's been amazing talking with these two about the topics that we've spoken about, but also the new people who have joined us on the podcast and have joined in on the, the conversation and everything. So we really appreciate you. Send more letters like that. We really or email, sorry, like that. We really appreciate them. Um, that is the end of the episode, though. So thank you very much for listening. Does anyone else have anything else to add? All good. Just thank you for the letter. Like really appreciative of it as well. Cool. Um, just to let you know we're on Vero. So uh, Vero, sorry, V E R O. That's Pod. Same on Instagram, Twitter. Um, we're on Anchor and all streaming platforms. Thank you very much for listening and peace. <laughs>